Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Romans Empire podcast, or should I say howdy? Howdy. Howdy. Howdy, y'all. In case you guys didn't notice, all three of us are in the same room for the first time uh, ever during a live podcast recording. So not not just that, this actually means Zach's first time ever meeting Andreas in person. Yeah. So we've been recording for over two years together. It's a lot taller. All of our interactions have come via internet or phone call (laughs) or Xbox, like never in person. So which is such a 2021 kind of like relationship to have but i'm just glad i didn't get didn't get catfish yeah no (laughs) i knew for a fact andreas wasn't a catfish because we like facetimed with him and stuff like we know that he's not he catfished me with his height First thing I told him, I was like, "Shit, no, I, you're tall." He knew, he told I'm, I'm five foot one. <laughs> I'm six foot two. That I was the first that. thing I noticed too, and it's like upsetting because I'm usually the tallest person in the group. So like, I don't know if I like Andres like hanging out with him as much anymore. Like, I'm happy it's only just a weekend and not after that, you know. And when when yeah, you come, it, to it's visit, not a constant <laughs> thing, you know. I, I won't yeah, hide you. Guys. Yeah, I'll, I'll hide us. So, um, why are we so happy? We should be, fucking, I know we, we should, should be, be livid. So it was supposed to be a weekend full of celebrations. There's yeah. A bit of, we planned this trip. Mm-hmm. Biggest podcast yet in the biggest state where everything is bigger. Cup final. We were going to be so hyped, excited for this and just absolutely devastated by the end result. <laughs> you know, both times that I traveled to watch Chelsea play, they lost. Never leave your house. Actually. I watched them. I, I, I watched them play Spurs a few years back. I always mentioned this story, and we lost. And now I come to Houston to watch this Cup final, and look what happens. I'm I'm just gonna bunker in LA. I'm never gonna leave LA <laughs> whenever there's a Chelsea match. I'm just gonna stay there. But you know what? For the Champions League final, I'm actually not even gonna be in LA. So oh, how sorry. do you like that? No. See, Third bro. time's a charm, baby. Well, at least you're not you're not Third visiting you're not visiting a place for the purpose of watching the match. There you so go. Yeah. we're good. We're in the clear. I think uh, I think we're I think we're locked to win Champions League now because of that. <laughs> but uh, there's no VAR. Oh yeah, we'll get into that. But I'll start off by going through the starting lineup. So we got uh, Kepa remaining in goal uh, for the FA Cup. A back three of Rudiger, Silva, and Reese James, which was very interesting to see Reese James uh, and the the wing backs of Dave and Marcus Alonso. So Dave and Reese James kind of swapping their normal positions. We got that Jorgolo. No, yeah, we have the Jorgolo midfield duo, and then a front three of Ziyech, Werner, and Mount. Um, where do we start? Uh, wait, we'll start. Let's start off with VAR because that that's I yeah, think that's like the biggest. <laughs> overtone of the match and so we all went to uh this one uh bar in houston that the bayou blues bayou city bayou city blues it's their hometown they were very very shout out to jesus shout out to jesus and everyone else that we met out there so the southern hospitality is real everyone southern (laughs) hospitality is real they don't mess around dude everybody here is so freaking nice yeah like free drinks, like free beer. smoke bombs, like it was great. Celery, so yeah, free beer only so we can uh, pour it out on each other to realize for that non, <laughs> not real it was goal. all for nothing. But um, and yeah, the, when the goal happened, like we we went crazy, we went nuts. I mean, I, well, we watched the replay and we said, "Oh, he's on, he's on! It's it's a, it's a goal." Um, and of course. It wasn't. They they showed the official VAR measuring stick or whatever the fuck, and 
Yeah. So I don't have as much of a problem with that, honestly, because like I was we were talking about this earlier, but it's it's an objective measurement. Yeah, sure, whatever. It his shoulder was offside. Maybe nothing. a little bit. It fucking sucks. That's VAR. It hel- it's awesome when it benefits you. It fucking sucks when it takes away a chance of winning an FA Cup final. But I have way more of a problem of the handball for the Tielemans goal. Um, first of all, that was an amazing goal. Second of all, it's anyone not Kepa's fault. Yeah, anyone who thinks that if we had Mendy in goal, that would not. That would <laughs> Alex Goldberg. <laughs> that would. There's no chance. There's no chance. I literally made a. I, I said that as a joke while it happened. I was like, Mendy would have saved that. Like, yeah. kidding. Like, there's no way. No one would have gotten a finger on it. Maybe he wouldn't have gotten a pinky. It's a world class strike. Like, Matic did the same thing a few years back against Tottenham. When you hit a ball that sweetly, it's going in the back of the net. I don't care what goalie's in goal. But the handball leading up to it, Andreas, you sent us the. Yeah, do you want to read the official? This is the official rule for handball. Accidental, accidental handball. Yeah. The the wording states. Wait, where do you? This is from where? The like official FA website yeah. or something. So guidance states that an accidental handball shall only be penalized against an attacking player if it leads to a goal scoring opportunity or where the attacking player scores a goal. So Reese James tries to pass it out of the back. It heats it heats hits Aozi Perez's leg, leading to then a handball. He passes it to the Tielemans. Tielemans rockets it in. Like a du- directly leading up to the goal. The assist. Direct- yeah, yeah, exactly. It wasn't the assist. Maybe. It was a call hockey assist. But it directly led to the goal. It was a, goal. It was it was a change just, of possession. Yeah, right. And five seconds later, the ball's in the back of the they gave the assist to their wing back. So the ball got shifted okay. once yeah. after Perez. It, it, was, it directly led to the goal. Like there, yeah. there's, there's no arguing around that. It's 100% if they're going to pull right. plays back 30 or 45 seconds to call to call off a goal, why don't they do it there? That's, only, they five, even... that's only five seconds. That's only one extra pass. Like I saw a Man City goal get waved off earlier this season after maybe six or seven passes after the initial And, and yeah. going back to, to us, last yeah. season. To us. Exactly. Last season against Liverpool. Liverpool, yes. Aspie mm-hmm. crossed the ball in and then they go back to eight, nine seconds yep. of when he was offside or there was a foul one of the two so i mean again it's extremely subjective on how to implement the var our our friend of the podcast nigo cantor brought up also we go in these referees are drawing lines and finding the exact freeze frame of the offside player but then on the other end we're not doing the same thing for the freeze frame that includes when the ball was struck Mm -hmm. so if it's that close to where chilwell's Shoulder blade was a centimeter offside. How come we can't go and microscopically analyze the moment Thiago Silva strikes the ball? Because is it is it when his foot touches the ball or is it when it, it leaves his foot? No, it's when it's struck. It's yeah, the second the ball is struck. Now the issue, I think, what you're what what the the point you're trying to make is when we are seeing that freeze frame, the players are all fuzzy, right? And that's where the weird lines come in because you're like, okay, his shoulder could be here, but it could also be here. But the same thing applies to the ball. The ball is basically an egg shape when we're looking at it on that freeze frame image. So where are the exact dimensions of the ball? We're only looking at the exact dimensions of the fucking player. But we're talking about millimeters here. And the one thing we haven't mentioned is clear and obvious. The only way these calls get overturned without the referee going to review it himself is if it's clear and obvious. This guy didn't even go to the monitor. So that that tells me one thing. He's that the VAR ref is in his ear telling him it's a clear and obvious error. You don't need to go look at it. 
overturn it. It's offsides. He's not telling him, hey, it's really close. It's Take really tight. You might want to look at it. You were there. You had a better angle. Whatever. Hey, I, I mean, you're with making VAR. They have it measured down with lines. Like the lines aren't going to look different to Michael Oliver than it does to VAR coach. It's an objective it's measurement. An objective. He's so going like, to go over that, there. That one is not as big of a deal as not reviewing the handball. No, like, no, but why does he even? I wonder if they even communicated that with him, whether that happened. Because, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't blame him for not seeing it. Like, that's fine. But if Our goal, our goal, we, like, again, we sure. celebrated it. None of us in the moment thought it was offside. We look up when they're, like, doing the VAR without the lines. We still don't think it's I offside. I looked at you, and you're like, he's good. He's on. Yeah. And I looked, looked at the on. replay, and I continued celebrating. So, their, their goal, yeah. we, immediately they score, and the whole crowd's like, wait, that guy hit it with his hands. Our buddy's like, oh, they're going to d- turn their back. It hit his arm. Like, when it's that, two situations, totally different. One looks clear, the other one doesn't. And one, the one that wasn't clear got overturned, and the clear one stands. It's the, fishy, bro. Honestly. Yeah, and, I, and, yeah, you have to point, you have to think that. Like, what, well, like, it, it's it, weird. It's and the, the biggest thing that annoys me is that the center ref has the power to, to waive the AR if he thinks there's a foul. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to be the ultimate decision maker right when you introduce var like zach said they're supposed to show him to the monitor you should mm-hmm. he is the one that needs to make the call not the guys up in a suite with the computers and the lines like the not central a, ref should be doing that aren't they they're at a separate fucking location i think they're they're no they're not they're not at the stadium they're not at the stadium they're, they're they're at Stockley Park, I think, right? right? Isn't that what it's yes. called? I, I, I yeah, think it's yeah, a, yeah. is it a cricket ground? I I, I, I might sound ignorant, but <laughs> whatever. They're at a different. They're location. not. Yeah. Well, the point is, they're not. They're not at the stadium. And and the other thing is also, even if it is clear and obvious, why shouldn't the center ref go look at it? Now, here's another question: Like, is is it possible if the VAR uh, ref tells him it's clear and obvious, you don't have to take a look, and the ref is like? You know what? I'm gonna take a look just to make sure. Like, can he do that? Can he? Can, there's like, a. Like, I think it's the Australian league that has them mic'd up. I love that. That's and great. and there's a the video that went viral for whatever the last controversial VAR call was, where the 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 people are telling us like, hey, yeah, he definitely this definitely happened. He's like, all right, I'm gonna look anyway because I need to essentially double he just check wants to verify. Yeah, and and then we'll make the call. So let me just run up to the screen, watch, and then we can blow the whistle instead of just doing it. It, it just... But but you it, also hear them communicating the with each other. You're like, okay, number so-and-so, here's the point of contact. We're right. going to freeze the frame here. Okay, the referee goes to the screen and he's telling them, bring it back, move it forward, pause it here. We get none of that. We don't even, we don't even get it looked at. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, the coaches and the players, they don't see that replay then and there. So they don't actually know how tight the decision is. For all Ben Chilwell knows, he probably in his head thought, okay, yeah, I could have probably been a foot outside. or two off. Yeah, like, like I was making a run in behind, it happens. That That's the unfortunate part about it. Is if, is if Tuchel, I wonder what Tuchel's reaction would have been if he saw a replay of it right after it happened. Yeah, if there was more transparency on it. And, and the other thing I wanted to... To think about is American sports, the center ref, again, is the one that gets under the hood to watch the replay. And in American football, for example, there's three options when he comes back. He either says the ruling on the film and on the field is confirmed, meaning there is clear and obvious evidence that they got it right. The ruling on the field stands, which means they couldn't turn it over. Yeah, it was, either, it was, it was, it was conclusive neither way. Right. And then the other one is that it's overturned. They realize that they made a mistake. 
that's still not perfect, but it at least lets me know that the referee's not gung-ho, yes, we got it right, it's 100%, they're, they're wrong. Like, give us a little bit more than a screen that says goal was VAR disallowed. decision. <laughs> yes, exactly. VAR decision, no goal. Yeah. That's all we got. I'm kind of done talking about VAR because honestly, there's there's, there's no a lot argument. more than match anyway. There's, there's yeah, but but at the same time, look, I'm good. I'm just gonna throw this out there. We weren't the better team today. Like, let's not get this mm. twisted. I don't know. I, 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 made, I, made, I made the point. I made the point at the pub. Uh, our, our buddy um, reminded Chris. me. Chris. No, it wasn't Chris. Jesus. No, it wasn't Jesus. It was a Wasim. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, my yeah. friend Wasim. Yeah. So, so, so our buddy Wasim mentioned. He's like, I made the point that Leicester played better, and he's like, No, I thought, I, th- I thought we created the better chances and played well. I said, Yeah, but like, dude, we're Chelsea fans. Look what Leicester did today. They put up a stout back line, limited our chances in front of goal, and took their chances. They won one nil. We and even made we, an adjustment mid match when Johnny Evans got hurt. Yeah, and and and, and they kept the yeah they, they kept the formation. They kept and I told Andres this out too. I was like, they bet if Leicester shift their formation, they're making a huge mistake because it's working for them now. And the point is. As Chelsea fans, all of our success came with those one-nil victories. All those Mourinho park the bus tactics. All those defensive managers. Let's not let's not forget the Conte's either, right? So this yeah. is Leicester basically Chelsea does. Yeah, I mean, when you really look at it, and also I just I just don't think that they played like they outplayed us because neither team really had any solid chances besides the Tielemans screamer. You know, I mean, yeah, the, the I mean, Chilwell they, header, yeah, the I Mount mean, chance. Sure, that's about Mount, it. I mean, I mean, yeah, Vardy's chance we had, that reached James Block. We, I think we had more chances. Yeah, we were one Kuiper, Casper Schmeichel away from winning this match. Like, yeah. I get that you think that they outplayed us. I think Casper Schmeichel outplayed us. I don't think that full Leicester side won the match. I think the two VAR decisions are correct. We go into extra time. We go into penalties. I don't think we won that game. I don't mm-hmm. think. I think it goes the full length, and then. Damn, we lost in penalties. Okay. It is what it is. So, so, so you guys agree with Tuchel? We were unlucky because that's For what he sure. said in his post. In the last ten minutes, yes. I don't think. I, okay, the, look. The granted, post, we need a granted, little granted, yeah. granted, you need luck in cup finals. Case in point. Look what happens when you don't get luck. Yeah, man. But at and the same time, matchups nil nil the whole time except for one screamer. You need at luck the same time we yeah. put ourselves in position in a position to not afford to be unlucky. You get what I'm saying? Like we didn't do enough. We didn't do enough to win. I I okay. I'm gonna disagree here. 64 percent possession to 36. 13 shots to six. 10 chances to seven. One big chance for us. Zero to them. I mean, damn. Wait, they had they had zero big chances. Zero big chances. What did they count as our big chance? I wonder. The the Mason Mount. Oh, I went at halftime and and we had our it, it registered one big chance for us. I think it might have been Dave. Maybe that header that he missed, the one that Timo took uh, off. Oh, of I don't know if that counts because he never got contact on. I don't it. know. I doubt it. I mean, I think I think no matter it's 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 a different number depending on where you look. Like it, it, they decide what's a big chance or not. But anyway, like I still even if you didn't look at the stats, like to say that Leicester outplayed us because they had one wonder class goal, like as opposed to us having multiple chances that should have gone in. If Kasper Schmeichel wasn't on his A game, like this that is, Mason Mount chance was we weren't, spot on. That we was were still not good enough, guys. Like, the XG had us at one point one three, and they I, had Leicester at point five six. So I, know, I still again, don't think that we, we put got. Our, 
We needed, yeah, we were unlucky. That's what I'm scored from 26 yards out. Something ridiculous screamer. like that. Dude, like Tielemans, and then the last time we played them, and DD scored a screamer. Like, why? How come, like, these guys. Were we good today? Let right. me ask you that. Were we no, good? no, no, we, we weren't. Can. But neither were they. They were yeah. good. They won a cup final. <laughs> They won the FA Cup. We got outplayed. We got Leicester. Was Leicester not good? We got we got outplayed by Bayern Munich for 120 minutes and won the Champions League. Yeah, we were the better team. Who's the better? Yeah, end result doesn't show that. Come on. We lost to Arsenal midweek. Chelsea is in the Champions League finals right now. Are we the second best team in the world? Yeah, exactly. I don't think so. I I disagree. Or first, depending on who. If we but we can get into the players. I mean, I'll go first off. I. Do not want to hear any blame on Kepa for that goal. Like, yeah, can we move on from like like like? I, I just want to state that, that we agree said. that yeah. that yeah, there's yes, Mendy's taller, but Kepa didn't do anything wrong. He, he wasn't well. on like position in the wrong place. He deserved to start here because again, he was there. He started every FA Cup match and got us here. He like, hasn't been bad under Tuchel either. No. No. Like Tuchel, Tuchel's given him a little bit of confidence. No, for sure, and that's why he keeps he on can't... playing him too because he wants to keep that confidence up. Like yeah. there's a lot of chances. Like there's a lot of moments in the match where I had like PTSD with like Kepa making blunders and mm-hmm. stuff, passing the ball back to him and making a, a you know a long pass, and he 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 did he didn't mess up. He really yeah. didn't. He mess didn't up make at any all. mistakes. So, that, so I mean I think that one's pretty much. So so do we want to talk about the guys that did piss us off today? Oh, yeah. Can I start off? Yeah, Rudiger. I don't know what was up with him today, honestly. I, it was it was very frustrating for me. I mean, I, in one sense, like, there was a part of me that's like, okay, like, we need to play with a little bit of sense of urgency, and this guy's, like, trying to get, you know, make things happen, which I respect that. But, like, you have to also be self-aware of, like, the quality of player, what you're good at, what you're not good at. And he's making balls to no one. He's doing ta- he's much. taking a lot of I mean and you know I know he has you know a shot or two like yeah. outside the box but like in a game like in a match like this like l- let's let's try to make a good chance instead of ho- per- crossing our fingers that a shot that has like a two percent chance of going in I mean has he scored one of those before no zero we're, we're still waiting we're still waiting so then so that so right as of, <laughs> as of now it's a zero percent chance so it's one of the worst shots he could have taken. Right. But any like either way, like it might be a negative and expected goals when he takes that right. shot. It and, was a bad day to wear my Rudiger kit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. And 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 I mean, did you guys see it differently? No, no, no. no. De- defensively it was fine, but yeah, we had about that. when we have seventy percent possession and from the first minute when it's not urgent to score, he is just ruining the flow of the ball by trying these long passes or these. You know, you don't smash it at a player ten yards away from you. Like little things like that that are that should be automatic. Like difficult balls that even the top players in the world like would struggle to hit. Yeah. He has the audacity to go for them. Like why? He just sort of loses his composure. It's no patience. Excited. I think the thing with Rudiger is that, and, and I could kind of respect it in a way. I think he tries to take initiative, and but exactly yeah to, to I, a I, fault I, yeah. to a fault. Yeah. So in this game, obviously we're not creating very much. The runs in behind were on in the first half because Timo was finding the channels left, right, and center. Yeah. Right? And Marcus Alonso so was making good Marcus, runs too. Marcus Alonso was getting down the flank off. Dave as well. Like, yeah, we, it took me a while to figure we, out was that no he was playing wing back. Yeah, yeah. Chase was, was, was playing center back. Like, what yeah, is he yeah, doing? What an overlapping <laughs> yeah, center back. I, I mean, yeah, I'm like, why is Dave higher than? But anyways, <laughs> going back to Rudy, it's like I kind of forgot what I was gonna say. I just feel like he over elaborates on things, man. He gets yeah. the ball at his feet. He looks up, and instead of making the simple pass, he tries to hit the home run. When in reality, all we need is a single. 
Yeah. And I guess that's the best way I can yeah, put it. Yeah, for sure. No, and like I again, like I like I started off by saying like that I appreciate him trying to get things going, but mm-hmm. it's like you need to have the awareness to know that you're not the kind of player to be make like it's a very low chance something's like that. Uh, and one, one thing I wanted to add is with Rudiger and, and trying those home run balls. Let's say he actually gets one out of 50. On the other end of things, we don't have Diego Costa anymore. That worked for Fabregas yeah, for a whole exactly. season because we had this route that no matter what was in front of him was scoring. And this past week when it was just me and Bobby on the podcast, we found out that while we create – we're top three in terms of chance creation – we are seventh in goal or thirteenth in conversion rate. Yeah. So we don't need to to play the long ball, hope it gets a Timo, and and trust unfortunately in him to score that. Like that's just not who we are. No, and that's not who he is. Like he hasn't yeah. shown that at all. Like not even for one match this season. That's not the kind of right. player he is. And in terms of his shooting, I honestly can't remember the last time we scored from outside of the box. So I it, it frustrates me to see our players start the match that way. It's not even, it wasn't even crunch time yet. And we were pulling these 30 plus yard shots that weren't even hitting the frame. Yeah. And to go like on the opposite side, like with Rudiger, I was very frustrated with Marcus Alonso. I was surprisingly very pleased with the way he played. I think he probably made like, he had one moment in the whole match where I was like, oh man, like he lost the ball. But throughout the match, he was making the right runs, like dribbling the ball very well, yeah. passing the ball amazing, not losing possession for us. Because I think at the end of the day, that's that's like that was what was our downfall. Just our, our just losing possession, really bad passes, giving it back to them. They could they wasted you know two three minutes every time trying to build the ball up. That actually what they would do is they would launch it up to Vardy. He would trap it and then pass it backwards, and they waste like right. two three minutes just. Doing whatever until we won the ball back. That's and one. that just happened just way too often. And Marcus Alonso was one of the players. Who, him, Jorginho mm-hmm. was fantastic at not losing. I don't. I didn't. I don't even look at the numbers. I so I don't know how many possessions lost he has. Andreas, you want to look it up for me? But uh, I, I I thought he saved us so many more possessions. And Golo Conte won us back so many possessions. He was incredible. But I think for the most part, I mean, Timo was was really bad with with. With keeping the ball, um, uh, Jorginho was dispossessed a whopping zero amount of times. Zero. See, so, I, okay. I was right. Ninety percent. He was nice and tidy. He was, he he was, was nice and tidy today. Him and Conte, him and Conte were were excellent. Yeah. They were really good today. But Jorgolo, hashtag uh, just Jorgolo, best double. Jorgolo, best we, two center Jorgolo. Before we go there. too off topic, though, I, I want to talk about Marcus Alonso. Like, I, I just want to uh-huh. mention something really quick about him. Like, I always mention him when we talk about him. Is there a better left wing back in the world football coming <laughs> off of someone who, who's like who's, who, <laughs> a, sec, a second option? A second option. I'm saying, like, like Marcus. Okay, who's, dude, honestly, he's probably out of our starting lineup. He was probably our most prolific our goal scorer. Players. He yeah, was. Honestly. He was probably the most lethal player on the yeah. pitch. It's just, it's just really unfortunate that he can't have a good game and also score. Well, if yeah. we if we played <laughs> if, if we played Tottenham, I'm sure he would have scored. Yeah, but but, but to be yeah. fair and. I saw this, one of my friends texted me, he's like, man, I just don't get why Chilwell didn't start. He was so good. And it's like, well, Alonso was good too. And Chilwell was a great spark off the bench. Like, that's You're obvious. Fantastic. He scored. <laughs> and he almost scored twice. And it's just one of those things where just because 
he did that off the bench doesn't take away from what Alonso did. So Alonso was fine. He not once did I think, oh man, like he's not tracking back. None of that. He no. had a great. He had a great game. He was solid. What about the other wing back with Dave? Before you I thought about I thought team. he I thought he put out a good shift. You know, I mean, yeah. he like we talk about this every time he plays wing back, but you know, he's just not at the age where he can give you a full ninety. And like he he was really good, but. You know, like the, it just takes a lot of energy out of them. So, so something that we mentioned earlier, I think this is like the main talking point about Dave, is that he played wing back and Reese James didn't. Mm-hmm. Now, the logic was that Dave playing wing back would allow for him to basically track Jamie Vardy wherever the hell he decided to go, That's, yeah. and it would allow Reese James to just kind of shift out to the right hand side where he's more comfortable, anyways. Mind you, we mentioned this before. Reese James played on the right as a right-sided center back uh, yeah. in the academy, too. So it's a, not a position he's unfamiliar with. And just to throw it out there, he was awesome today also as well. Like, he had a really good game. My thing was, as much as I understand Tuchel's logic with putting Dave out there just so, you know, he could just track the other team's best player, does Vardy really need to be tracked, necessarily? Well, he's not a player that runs the channels, that fills in spaces. He, I mean, he's our... He's he's I didn't see that from No, no, no. I didn't think that was the, the, the reasoning. Mine was that... In a straight line race, Reese James is faster than Aspie. That, so, that so, was my so only to, reason. To deal with their pace. Yeah, yeah. I think you bring back a, a bulkier, faster guy so that in the one chance that the ball gets over and it's a foot race between Vardy and said center back, it's Reese James, not Aspie. And by putting Aspie in a wing back, you're more defensively solid because on the other side you have Alonso. Yeah. So that was my thinking. Because again, I thought earlier this season you guys asked, like, oh, what's going to be our starting 11 for the Champions League? And when Christensen was healthy, I thought, okay, you, he's going to put Aspie at wing back because it solidifies the defense. But I, I just don't understand that when the other team is not even trying to attack you. We we always yeah. we always say like we can't necessarily judge Tuchel because he hasn't made a mistake. I think today he made the biggest mistake that he's made so far with Chelsea. I think he over rotated the, the last two matches. He over rotated the side and. He bent way too much to the other team's will. We lost way more. Like, we're in the net negative now with Reese James playing as a center back and Aspie playing as a wing back as opposed to that being flip-flopped. You see what I'm saying? Like, if Reese James is playing wing back, all of those crosses in from the 75th minute through the, through the final whistle... Maybe one of those is accurate for a change. Or from the first minute to the 75th. Yeah. When choking. Or the first minute to the 75th. Excuse me. That's what I meant. It's like, just like, I I, I understand. Like, if there's a tactical logic, great. And I know Tuchel's one that kind of bends to the way the other team is playing. That's fine. You got you to be able to do that. That's why we criticize managers in the past for not doing that. Mm-hmm. But I, I just feel like he did too much. He over-adjusted. I, I actually, we got a Twitter question along these lines. Uh well, actually, we didn't post a Twitter question post. This did we were too quick, quick reaction. Yeah, part. Um, but we did get a question from uh, N N Ward. Nate Ward. Nate. He said, first Arsenal, now Leicester in the FA Cup final. Rep Ultras are outraged at the tactical decisions from Tuchel. Has the magic Tuchel, as uh, the magic Tuchel touch worn off? Is it time to be concerned, especially with City and UCL on the horizon? We'll find out on Tuesday. Like, we need to win Tuesday. I, I'm not even thinking May 29th right now because, okay, we lost the FA Cup. The top four is still not sealed because mm-hmm. we choked against Arsenal. We need to win out. 
Tuchel did come to terms in the Arsenal match, and he said he made the wrong decision with the lineup there. So I think he understands the rotation is an issue. But my thing with today, the, the management of the final that upset me is we talked about, you know, I, I kind of covered for him with the Pulisic not starting against Madrid because of the two-legged affair. We were in the lead, so bringing on Pulisic is your ace under the sleeve if you need something to... Which it worked. To, yeah, it impacted right. the game, yeah. But in a one-off, 90-minute, all-or-nothing match where there is no second leg, where there is no goals, uh, home versus away differential, you need to play your best 11 players. Like You cannot come in and say, oh, Blissick, you've been balling, but I'm going to save you for the last 20. Mm-hmm. Because you have a team like Leicester City who knows how to defend. We talk about Chelsea winning trophies when they defend. Leicester City won the league defending. We We wanted Chelsea to hire Brendan Rodgers. Let's not forget that. Yeah, like, he was when, during the... He was right yeah. 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 Like, I would... He's, look, they're a great team. It's a great manager. And that's that's a frustration, yeah. right? Yeah, and, and so you, you, you have... That's for mistake number one, right? Because, again, Melissa came on, looked great. So, again, the guy's on form. Play the guy on form. The second half of that is, okay, I played the wrong guy up front. Let's use Ziyech as that example. Ziyech, awful. I get that he's clutch. I get that he scored big goals. But if he's not playing well, pull him at halftime. Saving a player's confidence in a one-off final is stupid. You're playing for a trophy. You're not playing for, oh, do we have five more matches down the line? I need to make sure that... Let's use Hakim Ziyech or Timo Werner that their head's on right for the remainder of the season. No, this is a final. This is it. Yeah, I'm, cool. I'm cool not playing Hakeem Ziyech the rest of the season. <laughs> all right, honestly. all right, all right. Okay. He scored some of those clutch goals as subs. He doesn't have to start yes, to score. thank you. I'm done with Ziyech. <laughs> done? I'm done with Ziyech. No, completely done. I don't care about the important... If you're not performing... It's That's a my cup, point. Yeah. It's a cup fight. Here, I don't even know where to start. Should I start at the fact that we have a winger that doesn't dribble people? Or a winger that doesn't have any sort of impact on the game whatsoever from the defensive standpoint. His pressing today was embarrassing, dude. When he loses the ball, he doesn't win it back. When you see Pulisic Mm -hmm. lose the ball, this fool's getting up. He's rolling up his sleeves. And he's throwing in a tackle. Look at Mason Mount. Same thing. Timo Werner got a yellow doing that. And here's the thing. If you're looking statistically, those guys lose the ball as much as Ziyech does. That's a fact. But the difference is that that's five or six seconds after. Are you giving us that little bit of extra effort? Are you even passing the eye test? He's not passing that right now. It's it's frustrating with him because we spent all this yeah, money. I agree. You have this Champions League player that, or this player with tons of Champions League experience who we've seen the goals he's scored. We've yeah. seen the performances. He's the highlight reel is nice. We're not gonna. I'm not sitting here and saying he's shit. I'm saying this is not the right system. I don't know if it's the system. I don't know if it's the team. I don't know if it's the manager. He, he's a volume guy. I like, just ha- I, I like him centrally though. Like am I the when only... he played when he yeah. played against uh, two matches ago, it was against City. He was playing really central. He was playing as like one of the two up top, and, which is and I mean sort of what he was. But doing he was. Today. I feel like he he drifted more in the center than he did yeah. play on the wing, and like you know him taking those shots on outside the box. I'm happy with him doing that. You know, yeah. but but him. He, his crosses were were awful today. Seventy four percent pass completion today. That's unacceptable and for he, your creative yeah. guy. Yeah. And, and I mean, when he keeps it on the ground, he plays 
like saucy balls. Like he's yeah. doing yeah. a good job, but when he has for some time reason, and space, yeah, but he delivers some, perfection no, around the box. I just get corners. Like yeah. you know, he has yeah. enough time to be to do a corner, and he fucks those up. Yeah. I just don't think that. I think at this point, or not at this point. I mean, I'm not ruling him out to ever come back again. But I, like his balls through the air, just aren't they aren't that this is what they were there has last, to be a point, last year there has to be a point where experience isn't enough to get you into the team anymore sure and that's something that and Tuchel's spoken about playing Ziyech before and he's alluded to all the experience he has I mean we always talk about all, yeah. of, all of it but right? that was but that was his excuse or not excuse but reasoning when he didn't know the team yeah and, and something to point out is today when we were looking like we were going to score again the team was full of under 25 year old players Pulisic. Cho Reese, Pulisic Mount Havertz, Chilwell, all quote-unquote inexperienced young guys that looked up for it versus the guy who's right. supposed to be the calming presence. Like, you talked about a winger that doesn't do stuff. He reverts to the chipped back post ball as his only default. solution. It's the default. Like, yeah. Pulisic tries to dribble, he'll recycle possession. Mount tries mm-hmm. to do the same or tries to at least get a shot off. A little dinky over-the-top ball to no tall strikers means nothing. Am I the only one? I said it during the game. Am I the only one that feels like if Ziyech went to Italy, he would be a 15 goal, 10 assists a season player? Probably. No I questions mean, asked. I mean, because they, they, have, run as they have a yeah. bunch of time and space in Italy. He and would fit in perfectly. Pedro seems to be doing that, and well, Ziyech is better than Pedro. That's the thing. Look, he's not a shit player. I don't, I don't want anyone listening to this podcast thinking that we're shitting on Hakeem Ziyech as a footballer. I mean, he, he's class. I think, I think a lot of it's it comes down to his attitude, honestly. I don't know what the cause of it is. I don't but know I just about don't his attitude because he's getting it, he's getting minutes in big games. Like he's, I know, but, 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 but it's not, not it. about it's not about like being mad about the selection. So it's then what's it's the on the field attitude. Like he oh, does yeah. it. We we don't look at Ziyech and go, this guy fights for the best. No, yeah, yeah, it's has, the body language. He has that like he has that like silky like I'm too good to press. Yeah, yeah. He's a luxury. We've talked about it before. He's a a luxury kind of player. He's like you're. Urzil's not going to defend, like yeah. that kind of thing. And but I, th- I think we're at our best, and, and you guys would agree 100%, I'm sure. I think we're at our best when our front three has players who have that little bite back where they can yeah. they can help Mason Mount with the pressing. Today, it was Timo, to, to his credit, Timo's, Timo's good at pressing. Yeah. Timo yeah. puts in the hard Yeah, because he, he runs. He runs. He runs. Yeah, he's a runner. So when Timo's out there, the pressing's really not an issue when it comes to his side, uh, the right-hand side with him and Mount. But if you don't have Pulisic in there, or even Cho to a certain extent, I mean, at least Cho covers the ground. He might not be the, the yeah, smartest presser. I still think Cho should be wider. But but the one last thing on Ziyech is don't play him on the left side. You're doing a disservice to Mount. You're doing a disservice to Pulisic. And even Werner, because Ziyech doesn't move much, so Werner yeah. doesn't have any space to it's run in behind. In. Yeah. yeah. So why play the left, the only left-footed, because he never goes to his right on the left side where he's going to have harder time passing, harder time shooting. When you can put him on the right side, let's say he finally dribbles past someone and can go to a strong foot. That makes zero sense to me because he's not even making a run run wide to cross it from the left side. That's the whole point of having a wing back. They're the ones crossing. And I don't remember him ever recycling possession either. Like he, like he, when he gets into that spot, like he's going for a cross. He's going to play. He has to get the assist or the goal. I feel like, I feel like his touch is really heavy too, though. Like, like when he receives yeah. the ball to feet, it's so loose. It's not. It's not tight. Like when he was at Ajax, the ball was attached to his foot. It was glued to his freaking foot, man. I mean, we. I, I could pull up ten different YouTube videos of him showing off some flashy skill with close with close control. But for some reason, I don't know. Maybe it's mental. 
Maybe it's stylistic. Maybe it's the manager. Maybe it's just England. <laughs> Who the fuck knows? I'm, I'm just over it. I, I yeah. think at this point, experience doesn't get you into the team anymore. You got to look at the players who are performing. I would rather have Cho. I'd rather have Pulisic. I'd rather have Havertz out there. I'd rather even have Timo playing on the left-hand side mm-hmm. and playing with a proper number nine as opposed to having Ziyech out there at this point. That's just where I'm at. No, I agree. I think, I think, I don't know if, I don't think we played scared because we were, again, we were creating, we were possessing. My thing is, put the players that are going to do the better version of that. So, again, we talked about Aspie at wingback. I've yet to see Cho put a stinker at wingback. And yeah. when he came on, he's dribbling players. He's It's an extra... Great delivery, too. Yes, yeah, extra dangerous great. player getting into tough positions. We he's looked like we were going to score. He could play make. He could shoot. He could dribble. And he succeeds when he's out wide. And yeah. and you're not at, at a wingback. I mean, if Marcos Alonso can make a career out of it and he sucks at defending, yeah. I think a young, hungry, motivated guy that's trying to break into the side is going to put in a shift defensively. But my thing is offensively, which is where we are so bad, put in the offensive guy that can help you score. This is my argument with Reese James at wing back, is we we, we could have had better service. Reese James also has a, a ridiculous right foot. Yeah. Remember he the Brighton match? Today, no, I, I know, but but if he can if he can fill in those spaces that Aspie was filling and maybe play some of those crosses that Aspie just couldn't find the target on him. But again, the crossing maybe today have different crossing lines. today shouldn't have been the strategy. Exactly, and, and, and that's been a strategy all season long, especially like, with Timo. And, and they played three at the back, and then their yeah. main center back goes out. You have Mark Albrighton, who's not a center back, playing back there. Go at those guys. And that's what Cho did from the beginning. Even when he was messing up, the ball would still go forward. He would sprint out and get it back and keep going. Yeah. And Pulisic doing the same. Mount, again, we've talked about his dribbling has increased. And How about that so touch, much. by the way? The, the pirouette <laughs> kind of... That was pretty that sick was in the first half. Ball gets switched. He does this 360 tippy-toe pass out wide to Aspie. It was nuts. Bro, I mean, that's some ballerina stuff right there. You mentioned Pulisic. Uh, the, the first thing he did when he came into the game, I know we're kind of going back to Ziyech, but he checked in to the center. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't play out wide at all. And the first thing, like, we all looked at each other and were like, how come come Ziyech doesn't fill in that gap for the first 70 minutes of the match? And the first second Pulisic comes on, the... He's checking right up the middle, you think like as if he's a number ten. You think that's yeah. like a like a Tuchel instruction thing, no, or that's I think like that's, just that's, Ziyech that's, like that's, I mean, he Pulisic. came out in the seventieth. He might have seen something. I was like, hey, this this space is open for yeah. you. But Pulisic works to get into those spaces. We just talked about Ziyech being. That's where Pulisic his money, yeah. man. But like he like Tuchel could have told that to Ziyech too after the first half. Like, mm-hmm. hey, he could have done that, and he could have he could have played in the center, like the whatever remaining twenty yeah. minutes yeah. Of, of the second half that he played, like. That's what I just don't know. If, like, if whether, it was, whether I, I think it was, it I, was like instinctual. I right. Think. I was gonna say if it was a direct instruction, Tuchel would have pulled him earlier because he's done that to Tammy. He's done that to Cho. When when the players don't do what he says, he's ready to pull the trigger. And we had five subs in this match. We can do five subs in the FA Cup. So had that been the situation, had he been like Ziyech go to the middle and then he didn't do that from halftime, we would have seen an earlier substitution. What about um? What about Timo? Because we didn't really dive into him. We had a yeah, looked, there was a there was a a lot of debate about the way Timo played, and a lot of debate about why we didn't win today, and a lot of the blame seemed to be placed on Timo. I'm gonna go first. I don't think it's only Timo's fault. He wasn't good enough. I'm not saying he was. I'm not. I'm not saying he played well. Um, 
or as well as he could have. I thought he was disappointing today. The end product especially. Especially after he got hit in the balls. And he got hit in the balls <laughs> and got scared of, of whatever the fuck was going to happen. The, rest of the, game. the last five minutes of the first half were yeah, bad. Yeah, it was bad. Long. Really bad. The, but, the shot from outside the box. Again, mm-hmm. is that something he has in his arsenal? No. Why try that in a final? Twice. I think he did two times in a row. Again, it, it always goes back to your argument, Andres. Like the one you were making earlier. Just put the guys out there who are going to actually get you the goals. Timo's yeah. not gonna. How are you gonna win a cup final with Timo Werner starting as your as your striker this year? How how are you gonna do that? No, or, or just don't put him as your leading man. No, like he, play he, him off the left. His success has come by running off of Kai Havertz in the yeah. middle. This best matches have come from running off of somebody in the middle, mm-hmm. and and he's really good at doing that. And that's where all his assists come from. Mm-hmm. He passes in the middle, the starts. Yep, and then he gets a ball back in behind. He knows that he doesn't have the confidence to dribble in and score, so then he squares it, and we get an easy goal. But to to go back to Timo's thing is, I just don't right now. His confidence is so shot that he's not the guy who's going to take this game by the scruff of the neck. That's Pulisic. We talked yeah. about it. He came in, Ooh, he did that, and it doesn't Mount, it doesn't matter what type of form Pulisic is in either. Same thing with Cho. Those guys yeah. come in and they're just like ultra confident regardless right. of how they played their life. They but have short memory. But to even add on to that, Pulisic has, is... He's has in form. He's in form. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he plays, he's played phenomenal every time. He I mean, I think, I think every... and we're, I'm not saying it's just because we're American. I think most Chelsea fans would, would tend to agree with us. He's He's been one of our most dangerous-looking attackers, yeah. if yeah. not our most dangerous-looking natural attacker so far this season. But you, you, were, you, had, you were finishing up your... Yeah, I, and I think, again... I was expecting a halftime sub of both Werner and Ziyech because I understand when coaches need to do player management, confidence, and all that, but we're a handful of matches away from the end of the season, and this is a final. Like You have to be ruthless. If we had so much success with Tuchel pulling Tammy at half, pulling, I don't know, Cho after 15 minutes, why be so tentative now in this match? Like Ziyech did nothing in that first half. To make me think he's gonna make a difference in the second. Half-time. And Werner ended. So. He Werner, Werner ended the half like you said. He got hit in the balls. And it looked like this dude came and finished the half. Like why? I thought Kai was coming on for sure. Yeah, it's it, that. That's the thing. It's the frustrating part about watching today's match was we saw all the obvious things that were going on, and none of those, none of it happened. Like Timo gets hit in the nuts. He starts playing like shit. Clearly <laughs> you know he's I mean? not a. Clearly he's not a hundred percent. I think what what happened was he he was waiting to walk it off, and that's what ha- happened at halftime. And I'm sure they have physios in there checking him out, making sure yeah. he's okay. So they have information that we don't have. Right. So I'm sure if he wasn't, what did he say away, back there? And remember, in the second yeah. half, <laughs> but in the second <laughs> half, you didn't see that, right? Did you notice yeah. him being hurt or like not running? Like he he looks fine in oh, the second half. And, and the effort's I always I just there. It was worse. The effort's always there, but again. Yeah. Bring on Havertz then, because Havertz will do more than Ziyech at this point. And and, and here's the thing. We talked about Ziyech's, like, you know, sort of, like, lackadaisical attitude on the field, right? Yeah. Maybe that's not his personality. I don't know. But we can only afford to have one type of, quote-unquote, luxury player, as you like to call it. Yeah. Of that type in our starting 11. So if Ziyech comes out, Havertz should be that guy. If we are going to have a lackadaisical player, and this is how Tuchel should be thinking, like realistically, over the span of my tenure here, who has impacted one, more matches, and two, larger portions of matches. 
I, I don't know. I keep going back to Ziyech because, like, the argument with Timo on Twitter was it was his fault. And for me, it was like a baptism by fire in a way for Ziyech because he doesn't play much. But, dude, it was it was really bad from him. Yeah. Really the, bad from him. The, the one thing that now I see as a big issue is we've now gone back-to-back matches where we get scored on first. Mm-hmm. And there's no response. Mm-hmm. Like, we, yeah, the top four race again. We have to win against. Let's win out probably. Pretty yeah, much. no, we have to win out. I think one win. Liverpool's. I think one win keeps hand. us safe because of goal differential. We could afford but, to lose, but then it'll be out of. But, it, but then it goes. Yeah, but then yeah. it goes to the last day. Yeah. And Liverpool has the really an extra match as well. in the three remaining matches. I looked up Sheffield, Fulham. No, they don't. I think they play Sheffield, Crystal Palace, and and Brighton. I think that was their. So next three game. teams that have nothing to play for. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of Brighton, they just saved our butt because they drop. They just finished their match and drew West Ham one one. Oh great! West Ham is dropping points. So West Ham's in sixth place now. So they're not an issue anymore. So this this is my issue. With, like we do like play Leicester again. No, that could be on Tuesday this week. Yeah. But here's here's my issue. Like the when, with people saying that it was Timo Werner's. Fault. Like, I wouldn't necessarily say we lost because of him, but you can, like, I understand the sentiment because you can absolutely say, and I believe this is the case, that if Timo Werner was decent at finishing, if he was decent, because right now he's shit, he's really bad at finishing. Yeah. If he was decent at is finishing, there a word, is there he'd a word win. worse than shit? No. <laughs> uh, absolute shit. Uh, but <laughs> Utter he, shit. Yeah. He, but what, he, do they, what do they say down here? <laughs> I don't know. Say darn tootin'. Darn but, uh, they, they, uh, like, I think that if he was, if like, if he was just a decent finisher, we would have won. Yeah. Because so, like that. Did so he you can't blame. But, but I can't think of a moment where I was like, Timo should have put that in because I don't oh, think he right, was in yeah. that position. Actually, in this match, yeah, there wasn't there wasn't a chance that I thought, damn, like, how do you not put that away? Right. But, like, like his best chance was an outside the box shot that was like yes. he shouldn't even taken anyway. Right. The frustration with Timo for me is like. It's not that he necessarily plays like shit all the time because we always say he's a trier. It's more along the lines of he huffs and puffs, but he just he he can't blow the house down. Like you know, it's like, he's like the little engine that could. Yeah, like he right like he keeps chugging along, but like it's just not enough. I don't know. Yeah. With him, I think he's like you said. I think he's a complimentary player. I think if Kai Havertz either one gets into form next season or two, if we go after a proper number nine, which I think we absolutely have to. If, if, if that number nine could get his goal-scoring touch, maybe Timo starts to get a little bit more confident. Maybe more spaces yeah. start to open up for Timo. Right. Maybe he gets easier chances. Granted, he has missed easy ones now, but, I mean, he's not going to miss He'll be on vacation. One. Yeah, we'll yeah. see what happens. But I, I really don't – I hate how negative it's been because, again, it was – we talked about Ziyech, we talked about Rudiger on the ball, and then the debate about Werner. But the last 15 minutes – I actually thought we were playing really well. Yeah. And and one thing that I, I want to thought like really just point out is we've seen now Tuchel drop Mount back to midfield a few times when chasing the game and it's worked. And we've really twisted. Yeah. It's really yeah. worked. So Mount now is seen as an option from the middle. It also seems like at the end of that game we we were playing a 4-2-4. And it looked like two strikers. It looked good. For, for a bit. We were very unlucky because Casper Schmeichel, again, was on absolute fire. But Get used to it. It looks, like, it looks like something that we can look at. And again, the thing that I really liked was 
most of those guys were the young guys, the guys that you're supposed mm-hmm. to not really trust in the in the hard times. Cho out wide looked good. Havertz was connecting well. Pulisic. It was just everyone was kind of connecting. I liked the fight. An, a different keeper in the day maybe doesn't save Mount's strike but or Chilwell's header. The dynamism, like our starting lineup fluid. today, you know, we had no pace with Dave as a wing back. We had no pace with Ziyech as one of our inside forwards and square pegs and round holes. And yeah. then all of a sudden he brings on players and puts them in positions where their natural traits are going to shine. Like right. chill, put them on the wing, use I, your pace. And I think it's part of, you know, yeah. Tuchel comes in, The our defense was leaky to say the least in the games leading up to his hiring. He shares up the defense and it becomes our identity. So I think he's kind of have this struggle. It's like, well, I need to ride this out yeah. because we're winning on one nils, on two ones. But that happens when we score first. Just the timing of this yeah. double, like, like you know, a couple pods. Chelsea like to complicate things when it comes to the end of the season. We always do. Like this Two years in a row, we lose in the FA Cup final. We should <laughs> this isn't new. And the guy that scored in last year's FA Cup final didn't, didn't fucking play. start this one. <laughs> oh, yeah, didn't start. That's the first thing I said when I looked at the starting 11 was, why the fuck is Pulisic not in the starting 11? Yeah. And, and yeah, you know, I'm feeling extra American because I'm in Texas. <laughs> like, he actually should have started this game. And, and I hope by now the lesson is learned. Like, yeah. you, you don't save Pulisic for the last 20 minutes in an all-or-nothing match. Yeah. No, you got to start him right from the jump. And then you got to drag his ass off the pitch. But I'm done being depressed, guys. I want to go drink. <laughs> Wait, and, first uh, of all, let's give a shout-out to Natush. Oh, yeah. Zach's, Zach's fiance my hanging fiance. out with us and, and Amir. My uh, lovely friend homie. Amir. Yeah, they've been sitting in here patiently waiting. You guys want to say hi? Just say hi. Oh, my God. May I hear my voice on a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be you're famous now. Amir, you want to say what's up? Yo. Amir, Amir is a Fulham fan, unfortunately for him. But um, it's okay. so he was he was not he was not a neutral watching the match with us. He was actually actively rooting against us. So, He's a, um, congrats to him yeah. on the big big victory. <laughs> happy day. Yeah, it was a good. I'm happy. I'm happy for you. If anything, I'm upset about Chelsea, but I'm happy for my. For and, and again, shout out to the Bayou City Blues. It was awesome atmosphere again. VAR ruined what would have been a really special memory uh, with that goal. Uh, and I tweeted it earlier, but go find your local Chelsea supporters group. It makes the experience so much more fun. Like you, you can have a few people over at your place and, and go crazy on the couch, but being at the pub and yeah, just vibing with the other people and, and building off each other's energy is something else. Like I, we've lost our voice from singing, screaming, and so we had, we had to take a shower. Yeah, we had to record. We wanted to record earlier, but we got covered in beer, and it's just. Over over a goal that didn't even exist, <laughs> but it, yeah, yeah, uh, no more blue shots. Blue, so, purple Gatorade, purple, purple Gatorade. Gatorade. Here's here's the thing, and, and and if this doesn't convince you to join the Chelsea group, I, I don't know what will. Sam and I are from Los Angeles. We came all the way over here, met Jesus for the first time, and would, when we told him, Sam told him, "Thanks for having us." And Jesus goes, "Are you fucking kidding me? You guys are family." Yeah, nice so guy. that just kind of gives you an idea of like the camaraderie that you know. Chelsea fans Supporter have here. Yeah. 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 So, so like, find your local chapter. There's a lot of cool people out there. Anyways, um, if you're still listening at this point, God bless you. Make sure you're following <laughs> us on Twitter, at Roman's Empire Pod. Uh, same thing applies to our Instagram. We've gotten, we've gotten a couple emails recently, which has been great. So keep them coming, guys. Let us know how you became Chelsea fans, even, even how you found the podcast. If you want to tell us we suck, 
Great. No, Let don't us know. Keep we that suck. to yourself. No, I already know that. <laughs> I want. I want all that smoke. Um, but anyways, till next week. Keep the blue flag flying high.